Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Geek View Podcast, uh, episode five, six. It's been a while since, uh, mm-hmm. since we've done the last episode, so I honestly can't remember. Do you think it's five? Something like that. I know I missed the Marvel one. I don't know if you did a video game one or something. No, I'm going to record the video game one pretty soon. But yeah, as of okay. now, I, I think it's just uh, I think it's just the Marvel one. Uh, that was the last one that we did. All right. So, yeah. Uh, all right. So, anyway, we're going to be talking about Infinity War. We're going to be talking about Deadpool. We're going to be talking about, uh, well, Deadpool 2. And then we're going to end it on Solo, which I've seen. Uh, you you haven't seen that, Matt, right? No, I have not. So I won't have as much of a input, but I'll try to say what I can from what I've heard. Yeah. Uh, like... Uh, how to put this? Like, well, let's just jump right into Infinity War. I think that's a pretty solid idea if you go with it. Um, yeah, let's do it. Like, as usual, uh, you go first. What were your thoughts on it? Like, hit me with everything. Okay, so I mean, it's obviously been a while. And I haven't seen it as much as as you have, but um, definitely like going into it, I wasn't super into the whole idea. I heard that it was a pretty good movie. And usually, I think the whole MCU thing kind of is like the idea that bothers me to just like generic origin story, generic villain, then generic sequel. Like, I feel like a lot of it is kind of mundane and even where it's like somewhat different. Like, I do think Black Panther, while it was very much the same process, had a, bit, a lot of new elements to it. Mm-hmm. I thought it made it a little more enjoyable. And I thought this, even though it was a big like, oh, everyone comes together to fight the bad guy. I thought they made Thanos an interesting and more compelling villain than we're used to seeing with these Marvel movies. Not like, oh, I'm just going to destroy the world and, like, I'm evil and I hate everyone and stuff. But he seemed like... Like, I didn't think his, like, premise was necessarily like, the best intent. Like, I thought it was a little bit of, like, trying to be unnecessarily, like, complicated. Like, oh, this guy, um, he, he wants to, like, wipe out half the population, but he'll save the other half. It's kind of like that kind of, like, hero's dilemma almost in a way, where it's, like, it is good, but is it really? I thought that was kind of, like, a little bit, like, like cheesy almost. I mean, it seemed, like, like unnecessarily, unnecessarily complicated. And the whole thing with him and Gamora to add, like, an emotional element to him that, honestly, you didn't really feel like he really cared too much at all. But, I mean, other than that, I thought it was still a pretty entertaining movie. Like, the fight scenes are really cool. It's nice to see, you know, Spider-Man and Black Panther and these... And their scenes, the witty banter, you know, as you expect. But I still, I still enjoyed it. Found it entertaining. And I think it's anything you really ask for in a blockbuster movie. I, mean, I think it was nearly two and a half hours. I didn't really find there was a lull in it. Like I think the best thing you could say, like I don't think it was like a bad movie by any means. I thought it was very entertaining, and it didn't try to be anything it wasn't. Uh, so I had a. I don't know. This is this might be the debate that we were looking for before while we were discussing. But I had a very different opinion on the movie. Like, oh, interesting. Uh, I, I mean, I love. I really, really loved it. Uh, I, I don't know what was it about. Like, uh, I think it was the fact that like they actually, when it went dark, it went dark. I think, uh, or it might have been the fact that from a writing perspective, they weren't. They were willing to express the emotions that were required, but they did not require quippy band or like every other movie that they kind of do that thing where, you know, during moments of absolute seriousness, there were times when someone would just crack a joke in the middle of a fight or something like that. And I always found that a little off-putting. And that's something that I did not see a lot of. Or Honestly, I, I barely saw anything like that uh, throughout 
most of Infinity War, yes, there were fights where, you know, there was, there was the obvious quick, uh, banter between, I don't know, Ebony Ma and, uh, like, Iron Man or something like that. Like, just the requirements that were there. But this felt pretty good from a writing perspective. I, I like that they actually went along with the emotions that were there. And that's one of the things that I liked. I loved Thanos, though. Like, I loved the way that they took the villain. I love that they kind of... Because before this, he was always presented as, like, the overarching evil, where he could have just done the Roman thing. He could have just done, like, I'm evil to be evil, or I'm evil because I need to wipe out, like, wipe out someone else, or something like that. But they went with a completely different approach of, uh, you know, there's a purpose behind why he's doing this. Like, there's a purpose behind... Uh, all of these different kinds of things, and I don't. I, I really like that. I, I thought that was fantastic, and um, like I think that just gave and presented Thanos to me as like the best villain in the uh, entire MCU. I used to think that uh, the entire thing about Winter Soldier, where you're trying to face off against your own morals and things like that, that was kind of possibly the best villain, but. Thanos took the thing, like took the title for me because because of what what was happening, like because of the way that it kind of did every single thing in that movie. Like I loved Infinity War to the point where it like kind of brought back, uh, it reduced the amount of criticisms that I would usually give Marvel for a lot of the recent movies. So like th- this might be one of those times where I'm I'm not the one who's kind of like trying to be a little bit of a buzzkill when it comes to Marvel movies because I like I'm straight up fanboying over. That movie, I went three times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of movie you definitely could see several times. And I, I mean, I definitely do agree that like I was impressed from what I saw because usually I have to like definitely like what you're saying, like a more of a cynical view of these movies because they're so formulaic. Mm-hmm. But I think you, I definitely will. I'll agree with you where it was definitely like a different take, and that Thanos was actually a, a more compelling villain than what we're used to seeing. Yeah. Thinking of like recent movies we've seen, like I know with um, like I know a lot of things I've seen with uh, like Spider-Man: Homecoming is that the Vulture was like a more compelling villain. It was just this world ender. He was like just his father trying to make it be kind of lost along the way. Yeah. Or, like, Killmonger and uh, Black Panther, where he was this guy who was motivated by rage and kind of this whole uh, like black oppression type thing, which is like an entirely different like, racial level to that. And also played by Michael B. Jordan, which is cool. Although I do think Josh Brolin's pretty sweet. Um, I mean, I don't know. I just I wasn't super blown away. I'm like, wow, Thanos is like the coolest villain I've ever seen. But I, I, I mean, I still was entertained by it. Like, I was like, I, I didn't mind spending money to see the movie, but it was definitely like, I don't know. I don't. I mean, it wasn't like I understand like it's successful because it's Marvel, but um, I don't know. And also like that whole Hulk side plot, I don't get what that was supposed to be about. I mean, that just seemed kind of, like, weird. Uh, yeah, like, uh, okay. I, I kind of get the Hulk part. The Hulk part was a little annoying. I don't know why that kind of kept happening. I, I don't know why they particularly did not want to bring him in throughout the entire movie. Like, they were kind of just like, all right, we're just going to leave him in Bruce Banner's form and everything like that. I, if they, Maybe they're saving up for Avengers 4. I, I, don't, I never understood the purpose behind it. But, like, I totally bought the Thanos and Gamora thing. Uh, so like, I kind of bought it as like, uh, you know, these people are incredibly distant. They have a very strained relationship, but there was like, there was always like 
admiration and almost like a form of very weird paternal love from uh, Thanos. Yeah. And like, you know, kind of like, um, I, I don't know how to put it. Like, it just, I kind of bought that aspect. I kind of bought the entire thing that like, uh, he felt a severe sense of loss when it came to, you know, throwing away Gamora or think, uh, or eventually like just killing Gamora because that was, she was the only person he really, uh, he really ever cared about or something like that. Like you can clearly see that he he had very little regard for Nebula, like the way that he would yeah. torture her and everything like that. So I don't know. I, I bought those things. I bought it kind of as like uh, this person who sees that they're trying to, like in no way is it justified behavior, but like I, you kind of get to see that where the villain comes from. And that's a hard thing to do in a superhero movie because it's so easy to go with the bombastic aspect of it. It's like I, I didn't, I never watched, uh, well, like, going in the first time, I thought that this was going to be an Avengers film. Going in the second time, I went in with the mindset that this is a movie, like, this is a Thanos film with Avengers in it. Like, True. Like, the character development throughout all of Infinity War is almost, like, it's almost non-existent when it comes to just the Avengers. But that's because it's, like, almost a solo piece about just Thanos. So it's just about Thanos changing from... All the different things, like from uh, going in with the mindset that everything that he's doing is right to loss to defeat to like victory but bittersweetness and things like that, just like these different emotions that he played around with, the way that the character developed. Like, it's one of those reasons why I thought this was pretty, pretty fucking good, like, just really well done in terms of the villain that they have. Yeah, one thing I'll say though is like, I mean, the one. The reason I think it's like, like it was definitely his story. Like you followed him around. You never necessarily felt like he was purely evil, which I think kind of is a nice plot where you're kind of like, kind of I guess rooting for the Avengers, but you're also kind of like following this guy around. Like you definitely like the main character of this entire movie. Yeah. But, um, like even at the end, like you, like where we talk about like, oh, like this is such a big loss with Gamora and like the stuff he gave up. Like in the end, he seems pretty like resolved that like he made the right decision. I mean, I guess that's kind of part of what he's supposed to be, that he, like, in the end, like, even though he had to give up a lot, he knows what he did is right. But I, I don't know. It still seemed kind of like it wasn't as big of a loss. Like, he did shed tears when she was, like, when he when he sacrificed her for the, what was a soul stone? The soul stone, yeah. A soul for a soul kind of thing. Like, like I, I know that they went along with that. Like, that's something that they could have done differently. They could have done the soul stone in a different way or something like that. But I, I totally get why they went with that. They, they wanted that emotional appeal of it and that, that's something that's inherently understandable yeah and i think also part of that uh, understanding of him was you know purely from hearing from gamora's perspective through the the gardens of the galaxy movies and honestly i feel like generally gardens of the galaxy like while they were kind of funny with their interaction with thor had a weird fit in the whole mcu yeah kind of abrupt almost even though i didn't really mind it too much it just seemed kind of out of nowhere in a way I think that that was the thing where in order to kind of develop Thanos throughout the movie, the, the fact that they have had this guy appearing in movies, in Marvel movies, since like 2012, or maybe even earlier. I don't know when the first appearance of Thanos takes place, but I definitely know that he was there in the Avengers at the end of, you know, the post-credit scene or whatever. So at least for over half a decade, this guy's been appearing in post-credit scenes or something like that, or short scenes in the middle of the movie. So I, I kind of understood, like, uh, not understood, but, like, I kind of saw that they sacrificed a lot of 
I guess, um, character exposition, the way that characters are supposed to be and things like that. They kind of went with the generic versions of the Avengers characters, what they developed earlier on. Like, you don't see an overall lasting impact of all of the previous stuff that happened on Tony. He was still back to kind of like his Iron Man self. Yeah, true. So, like, that's kind of the thing where they sacrificed a lot of stuff in order to build Thanos the way that they did. And that's why, like, yeah, it, it, it was super fun to watch it in the movie uh, when, you know, Peter and uh, Peter Quill, Star-Lord and uh, Thor are kind of going back and forth and they're, like, trying to, I don't know, like, macho fight each other. I don't know what the term is. Like, uh, what am I trying to go for? Whatever the term is. Like, people know the scene that I'm talking about. And yeah. it felt very, almost, like, incredibly childish and out of place. Even though Star-Lord is a kind of a you know, overgrown kid kind of character, but, like, it still felt like this doesn't fit in with the rest of the movie. This doesn't really even fit in with the Guardians of the Galaxy, who are inherently, like, uh, morons at times, but they're, like, they're not stupid, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think it was definitely more the comic relief part. They went a little heavy. Like, every now and then, like, you know, like, uh... It felt very forced while watching the movie. That was definitely the case. Yeah, like, it got laughs. It was pretty funny, but, like, something definitely felt, like, a little out of place in the movie. Because the movie was long. Like, I didn't think it felt too long, but it definitely was long. I think some scenes could have gotten a little cut a little shorter. I mean, that probably could have been one of them. Um, Like, I'd say both, um, a good good way to put it is, like, it didn't feel like a Marvel laugh. It felt like a jackass laugh. What do you mean, like the movie Jackass? Are you still saying? Like, yeah, yeah, no, not, not not like a Jackass was laughing, but like it, it felt like uh, like the kind of humor felt a little bit more along the lines of like what Jackass, like you know, you know the uh, the kind of things that the way that people would laugh to like something happening in Jackass, or the way that some people would laugh to something happening in like a, a like a kids movie. So like that that was definitely one of the scenes where it felt like people laughed, but it's also because it was like just such a just. An easy jab at people. Yeah. Also, one thing I'll say is that I think they did go a little overboard at the cameos. Like, like obviously you have them. Like, in a lot of movies, they like to do that for fan service. But, like, the, the Red Skull cameo, kind of random. Not really something I hated, but random. And Peter Dinklage is, like, a giant. was, like, also surprisingly random. Uh, oh, yeah, the Peter Dinklage one. I, I kind of forgot about it. But, yeah, th- that was something that I was unexpected. Uh, the Red Skull one, I kind of understood why they brought it in, because after Captain America, he kind of just disappeared. Like, hey, this guy vanished, and he never came back. So, yeah, no, I, I definitely get why uh, why they kind of went for the Red Skull thing. The Peter Dinklage one was, I think that was more along the lines of, like, hey, look, we have Peter Dinklage in our movie. And uh, the good thing is, like, they didn't, the, the Red Skull one was, like, obviously... You know, they, they, it wasn't like a simple thing. They kind of had him looking like a Dementor or like a, the Nazgul or something like that, and then he reveals his face. But Peter Dinklage, they kind of tried to hide him a little bit. Yeah, they wanted to be like that surprise, like, oh, look, guys, it's your favorite, like, short actor. Yeah, yeah, like, it's kind of like, uh, you know, in those movies where they try to kind of modify the person's weight or put ha- have them have like put on a mask or something like that while they uh, did a cameo. Like, they're... Their voice is recognizable, but they try to make them look like it wasn't them. Which actually, in a way, can deter the character a little bit. 
Because yeah. then people are trying to figure. People are more amazed with the fact, or distracted by the fact that this is someone else entirely. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's true. And then also, I feel like even like after the movie came out, I feel like there's a lot of information that's revealed about like, oh, like when like half people in the world died. Like you don't know. So there's some random characters. It's like, oh, did Natalie Portman's character die. Like who the hell cares? Like why are like the directors <laughs> answering this question? And then also like the whole thing where it's like everyone that died basically comes back. Like I mean, this is kind of expected, but like yeah. I remember watching it was like, damn, that was pretty like heavy. And then it's like, oh wait, they all come back. Never mind. Like that kind of sucks. Like it's very. <laughs> Uh, no, like, uh, I, I get, I think there, there's a much heavier, this is weird to say, because, like, Avengers, like, Infinity War itself already had a, had a pretty big shoe to fill, but I think, like, whatever Avengers 4 is, is going to have, like, an even bigger shoe to fill, because it's going to have to kind of, like, live up with the fact that it's just basically not going to have to fuck up bringing everyone back, because if they do it, like, How I Met Your Mother style, where the end of the end of the thing just like ruins everything that came before that movie will be universally hated yeah but still probably one of the more successful movies of all time oh it'll make a ton of money it'll make a, an incredible amount of money but like like we've said like all, whenever someone always makes good money it doesn't always result in like the movie actually being super appreciated yeah an example of that is like jurassic well, the first jurassic world or the, the movie made, I think it was like the biggest opening of time and everything like that, and made a ton of money, but not everyone that watched it, and we're not talking about critics, like just people in general, it was kind of divided. People all went to watch it because it was a sequel to Jurassic Park in a weird way, but like it, it, it didn't mean that everyone liked it. Yeah. I think there's also something that's like a contrary to ever seeing like Jurassic World being like hearing was so terrible and seeing it not being like this was awful like it wasn't like the greatest Jurassic Park but it was like something. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think I don't know. I mean, definitely this newer Avengers movie that I'll have to keep up to. But I think in general, like the Avengers movies are safe bets. But I think I mean recently, I think we've seen a lot of good Marvel MCU movies. Yeah, we have uh, Ant Man and the Wasp coming out, which I'm. I don't know. I'm not super hyped about, but it's something. It was explained why Ant-Man wasn't in this movie. We have Captain Marvel coming up later. We'll see how that interacts. But, like, I don't think either one at the moment I'm particularly looking forward to. I'm, I'm pretty... I'm actually really excited about Captain Marvel, but, like, I have almost no real interest uh, in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Like, this, this could have been something that they could have done over like a 10 or 15 minute talk in one of the movies, like a conversation. And I would have been fine with it. Like, I don't see the reason why they need to explain this entire thing. Yeah, like, I guess the first one did well enough. I remember it like exceeded expectations or whatever for sales. I mean, yeah. Paul Rudd, great actor and stuff, Michael Douglas and Michael Pena. But it was just like, I, I don't know, like watching the movie again, like I liked it okay the first time. And it was like the second I was kind of like, this really wasn't, like anything special? No, no. It was it was just a pretty funny movie. Like it was a pretty funny normal movie, and that that's one of the things that I said when we were doing the Infinity War, uh, not the Infinity, the MCU episode. Was like this is a movie that I could could have done without. Like it, it's nothing that I until I did the MCU marathon again. It wasn't something that I rewatched. It isn't really something that I would even again rewatch if it's like on TV or something like that. It, 
I found it super fun to watch it the first time around, and that's about it. Because apart from that, it's just it's just a superhero comedy, like a good superhero comedy. There's no doubt about that. But like, it's it's not necessary. It's just a it's not a need. It's a want. That's the best way to put it. Yeah, and I think the problem with this comedy thing is that uh, in general, like the, I think the calling card for Marvel movies. Is like light-hearted movies for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like super dark and dreary like a DC movie. But I think like making a comedy of a movie that's already supposed to be like light-hearted, it just kind of almost falls flat in space unless it like pushes some boundaries. Yeah. I would say this is like a, like a colossal failure. It's just something that's not like super like oh I want to see the next one. This it's like they're really making another one of this. Is really like how I feel. Uh, I completely. I'm on your side for that. Like. I don't know. Yeah, and I, I still just don't really get like they, they could have gone somewhere else with this. Like they could have. The, there's other superheroes that they could have maybe brought in, or maybe they could have done something to do with like a, a slightly more out there storyline. But unless I, this is going to contribute to the larger scheme of things, like in a pretty strong way, I think the Ant Man and the Wasp is kind of going to uh, be a detriment to Infinity War. Yeah, it'll really be important how it ties it in. But do you think yeah. there's a possibility to affect your opinion of Infinity War? If it's something like really like, no, I, 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 I think my uh, my opinion of Infinity War is pretty much going to still be the same, even after Ant Man and the Wasp comes out. But like, I'm saying, if it, this is how I would kind of view it, um, I think it would be a great thing to do. Where because the last thing that you see uh, is the Captain Marvel. What's the term for it? Like the the ca- not the cameo, but like the pager called Captain Marvel to have Captain yeah. Marvel be the very next movie, and then if you really want to do a sequel to Ant Man because it's a requirement for Avengers Four, then you do the sequel to uh, Ant Man, and then that leads into whatever Avengers Four is going to be. That would be a good way to introduce, like you know, the theory is that like Ant Man can break the Infinity Gauntlet by going into the quantum realm and then expanding while he's inside the glove and just breaking the glove or something like that, something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, like, something that I read online. So, something, like, if that's what they're trying to introduce, I think it would be... It, I think it's just... I don't know. The way that they've kind of put, uh, put the layout of the movies, it could have been done better. Also, speaking of Captain Marvel, it seems a little odd that they've taken this long to finally have a female leading... A Marvel movie. Yeah. I think of one. Like, I don't know if this is like in retaliation, not retaliation, maybe kind of a retaliation of DC's Wonder Woman, or they had planned out a pipeline. I know they have their whole uh, mapped out schedule. I don't know if you'd know or not. No, uh, like, I know that they've, they've been discussing Captain Marvel for a decent amount of time, but it was definitely after the discussion for Wonder Woman. Because Wonder Woman was under discussion, I'd say, probably around the time of when either Winter Soldier was releasing or maybe even earlier. Like, actually, I'd say Wonder Woman was probably under discussion by the time Man of Steel came out and did, you know, a decent amount of uh, box office. Like, it made a decent amount of box office revenue. So it was definitely a way to, like, kind of be like, uh, you know, we can also do a female superhero movie, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, they definitely dropped the ball on taking this long to get a Captain Marvel movie, especially with the the amount of demand that was there for a Black Widow movie, which would have been an incredible movie, and like had 
you know, had they done it before Red Sparrow, and then Red Sparrow came out, which is basically similar to the, you know, Black Widow origin story, except they fucked it up so bad that, like, the interest is kind of waning because of that. Yeah, I think a Black Widow, she just, like, her lack of powers and kind of her, like, almost, so because of that spy, like, whole aesthetic, I think it's just, like, it's like an overplayed thing where it wouldn't have as much novelty as something like, like Captain Marvel or maybe another female superhero if they wanted to bring one in. I mean, I feel like the cool thing that Marvel does, like, the one thing I like I like about them is they bring in, like, more random superheroes. Like, the thing like Iron Man and, like, Thor weren't big names until now. I don't yeah, really care. Like, uh, I think there was a discussion about, like, bringing in Squirrel Girl or something like that. Yeah, I think I remember hearing about that. But, like, the, the reason why I, I kind of have, um, I don't know, I would have loved to have seen uh, Black Widow, or not even an origin movie, but a movie about her in the Cold War, or about a movie about her getting recruited to S.H.I.E.L.D. and how she ended up, like, you know, leaving whatever she was a part of before S.H.I.E.L.D. and then ended up joining S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, just that entire thing, the, the introduction of Hawkeye into her life and uh, the, how their friendship developed. Like, these kind of things, it could have been incredibly interesting because. Like, my favorite, not my favorite, but one of my favorite Marvel movies is Winter Soldier, where the selling point isn't that Captain America is in the movie or that there's superheroes in the movie. The selling point was that it it dealt, like, it is a very good spy thriller. It was an incredibly yeah. good spy thriller. And that's something that they could have really done well with uh, a well-written Black Widow story. Like, if you look at Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, if you look at... Uh, Hell, even Bridge of Spies. What was it? Was Tom Hanks Bridge of Spies? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that wasn't a movie I really even liked. I thought it was an average movie. It was a, a pretty interesting to watch, but it still did incredibly well. You can also compare it to the point where, like, if they don't want, they obviously wouldn't want to go as serious as Tinker, Tinker Tale of the Soldier Spy. You look at Man from Uncle, which went uh, a very comedic slash action route with the spy thriller of, like, you know, during Cold War times and things like that, but it was still a super fun movie. So if you find that middle ground between the two of them, it could have been a really well-done movie, and it could have been comparable to a really good origin story. Yeah, it's definitely a possibility. Um, I, was, I was just wonder how that fit in. It'd be more of just, like, for the sake of just giving her character more uh, depth and... What was yeah, it? like, giving her character more of a depth, uh, like, kind of get, you know... If, if there was a sacrificial aspect to her character later on towards the end of the series or something like that, it would be super useful. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. I just don't love the idea of that. I mean, I understand, like, yeah, like, the whole thing of a Winter Soldier was that it he really wasn't even Captain America for most of it. He's kind of, like, undercover in a way. Mm-hmm. It, made the mo- it was a thrilling movie regardless, but I don't know. I feel like a more superhero, female superhero, I think would be more appropriate in this case. I don't know. No, no I, I get where you're coming from for that as well. Like, that's that's definitely something I get. I, um, if we're going to have to go down that route, like, it, that's the thing. Like, it's hard to bring in a, a non-established hero into the movies and then have that person fit in without there being some kind of, like, a connection in a way. Yeah, but I definitely think they need, like, those kind of side characters, like Falcon or Hawkeye, to kind of be in the background and have, like, continuity, not necessarily need an origin. Like, no one really cares what the hell Hawkeye does, like, just shoots arrows or whatever. But, um, 
I feel like it's needed for the sake of just like having an extra character, it's just like to fill up fill up the roster, but not necessarily like I don't need to make a movie about him. Like he's already like not that he's established, but like he's just there. Like it's just to, like deal with it. I think they would have have to like really dig deep to get like a a female superhero. That's one of the things that I'm realizing. Like the more that I think about it, the most of the names that I have in my head when it comes to like Marvel, uh, what do you call it? Like Marvel female superheroes, they're either in the X Men or um, actually, yeah, the, mostly in the X Men or the Fantastic Four, or they're in the TV show with like Jessica Jones or something like that. Jessica Jones or Electra. Yeah. So like that's what makes it super hard for them because they'll have to like really dig deep because if we're gonna talk about like the biggest female Marvel superheroes, we're, we, we've got Storm, who's in the X Men. We've got Rogue, who's in the X Men. We've got Kitty and people like that who are all in the X-Men uh, or Jean Grey. Then you bring into account like people like, um, you know, uh, what's her name? Uh, Susan Storm, who's Fantastic Four, who's probably one of the other most well-known people. So th- this is where it kind of like gets harder and harder to find. Then they would have to go with characters like Moondragon or like Namora. Uh, fuck, I, don't, I can't even really think of any other characters. Emma Frost is also... X Men, and so is yeah. Domino is also. I think they already brought Domino in in Deadpool too. So like that's where I think it it just gets harder and harder to find that superhero without them having a direct connection in. Yeah, definitely true. Um, But I think they definitely could have done more with what they had at that point. Like I I don't think that that issue does not really. Happen in DC mainly because a they have the rights to all of the characters, but b because of the amount of female like kind of uh, pop, like yeah female superhero characters that are there. Like if they want to go with the main like traditional superhero route, you obviously have Wonder Woman, uh, who's like the go to um, what do you call it like the the go to uh, female superhero when it comes to like the traditional superhero. But then you can also go with people like um, Supergirl, Hawk Girl. Power Girl, Starfire, Black Canary, uh, all of these people. If you want to go a darker magic route, then you can go with Zatanna, Raven. Uh, if you want to go with, like, it, it just keeps going and going because there's enough characters. You have Catwoman, and they're kind of doing that with, like, the Sirens of Gotham, something like that. What is that, like a TV show? Uh, it's a movie that they're doing, which is going to be, like, uh, like kind of like a anti-hero-ish uh, female superheroes, like where it's going to be Catwoman, Poison Ivy, uh, I think they're going to have the Zatanna, Batwoman, and Black Canary. Well, I might be missing like a couple of names here and there, or I might have switched out a couple of names, but I think that's kind of what they're going with, like a five, uh, five of like women superhero team. Well, I guess it could be interesting. Let's we'll see how DC handles it. <laughs> that's the main thing, like because these are characters that are Honestly, even pretty well established when it comes to like below average CW shows, which I used to love as a like you know early on, but now they've kind of hit their uh, I guess like storytelling issue. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I think that that I definitely think they dropped a heavy ball with like uh, at least I know I would have loved to have seen a Black Widow movie, or I could have I would have also loved to have seen just. Something, something different. Like bring in a character that's uh, that's already been established, and like do something with them. 
Yeah, they could have possibly done that with it. I think, uh, yeah, they could have actually honestly done a pretty pretty good uh, post-war story with um, Agent Carter instead of making it into, like, an, a piece-of-shit TV show. Yeah, I mean, I think they have to make some sacrifices in certain areas. Yep. But, yeah, I, I think we, we delved a lot into Infinity War, and then we went on a Marvel sidetrack and everything like that. But, yeah, like, for me, Infinity War definitely cracked my top three Marvel movies. Uh, at this point, if I had to rate it, it would probably go with, like, Iron Man being number one, Winter Soldier being number two, Infinity War being number three, and then Guardians of the Galaxy being pushed down to number four. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of my rankings, because I... In order, it's always tough because I, I really, I liked, uh, I think it is like a, at least a top five for me, but I, you know, I liked uh, Winter Soldier, uh, Black Panther, original Guardians of the Galaxy, Civil War, I also enjoyed. So I think if they were definitely up there somewhere in the top five. So I still like, I, I wouldn't say it's a bad movie. It just, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't as good as like, I, I don't know. It was good. Just not like, mind-blowingly good it was better yeah. than anything, though, i'd say uh, i think one of the biggest things that sold me for, for for me the reason why i ended up liking it so much was like i just really liked the way that they kind of handled thanos that was the main thing yeah it felt darker but not too dark that was also yeah, very entertaining yeah, yeah i think they played that I, I think they played with the tone really well that's one thing. Like, I'm happy that they didn't have absolute levity in the movie. Uh, but yeah, that, that's a that's a good way to like kind of. That's where we can end our discussion of uh, of Infinity War, and we can dive into a slightly different movie, Deadpool Two. You've watched that. I've watched that. I thought, uh, okay, short summary on my thoughts when it comes to Deadpool Deadpool Two. Uh, love that they expanded the universe. I thought it was a super fun movie. I didn't have the same impact on me the way that Deadpool did. That's it. The, 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 those three points summarize my thoughts on it pretty well. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I have a similar opinion to you. Uh, definitely, expanding universe is kind of interesting. Um, what was it the Brad Pitt as Invisible Guy? That was pretty funny. I didn't realize that watching the movie. Yeah, yeah. And then, um. Obviously, uh, Zazie Beetz is Domino from uh, from Atlanta. I thought she was really awesome, underused, definitely. But I mean, I don't think it's really her like type of her movie. Is obviously all about Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but honestly, watching it, I felt that obviously the novelty of Deadpool was gone. So it wasn't like the first one where it kind of hits you and it's like, wow, this like obviously you know Deadpool, you know how his humor is. So like, you kind of like, I had an idea going in. The movie I thought they executed very well. It was like like a uh, was it a little raunchy? Like, I think it's not like something you take like your kids to really, even though I'm sure I like everyone's seen it at this point. They think it's a superhero movie, but it's reality. Like they even like very meta announced at the beginning of the movie. Like this dude just like sliced someone in half or whatever. But, like I watched the first one before I watched the second one. The first one just like still makes me laugh. Like still very entertaining. Like just a, like a very fun movie to watch. But I feel like the second one, they try to go, like, in a weird emotional r- route at first, like, starting with his wife literally, literally being murdered. Mm-hmm. And um, so, and then he's, like, in that rage, that classic, like, I know, like, a lot of, like, people were saying about that, how it's, like, that classic, oh, the guy's uh, uh, love interest or like, family is uh, murdered, so then they go on this murderous spree, 
but I feel like that never really resonated at all with me. Like I was, I was like, like damn, that sucks. You lost your wife. I had those flashbacks, but it was like I didn't feel like particularly like wow, like I'm super sad for you. Like and and then like with uh with Cable is like the kind of enemy, but not really. Like I like I know they are friends in the comics. They have a whole Cable and Deadpool comic together. Yeah, and uh, Josh Brolin obviously pretty cool. I think he had the, the look looked pretty badass. But I feel like there's no enemy. I guess the whole theme was like the enemy is like in a way yourself and how you treat people somewhat. Because that kid who I shot like the fire out of his hands is like a big enemy in a way, but not really. That then, that also felt very similar to Looper. That's one thing that I started to realize like as the movie progressed more and I'm like this is this is getting like way too much into Looper territory. Yeah. But obviously not as well uh, executed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then, like, in the end, like, the whole thing, oh, we could just go back in time and redo everything. And it's like, and they use that to some comedic relief. So I'm shooting himself in the face when he was reading the, the Green Lantern script. Green Lantern script, yeah. And that never is not funny. But then it was like, oh, like, we're bringing back his wife, doing all the other shit. I feel like it's kind of like, okay, so everything that's been done up to this point is pretty much pointless. Like, he saves that one, like, random average guy who joined their team. No, also. Like that—that that was it was fun for comedic relief, but yeah, it did kind of just make the entire, like his entire character arc in Deadpool Two was about the fact that like he was he dealt with the loss of uh, this person, and then like he eventually wanted to just get back to her. So you know, whatever he was doing every single time was like, okay, I need to a forgive myself a little bit, b like deal with this grief, blah blah blah, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, but yeah, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I didn't really think about it like that uh, at the end of the movie until, like, right now when you just mentioned it, that uh, when he goes back in time and changes everything, it kind of makes the meaning of the movie pointless. And, like, the more you think about it, then you realize that, okay, yeah, so they just, like, ex mocking out the movie. You know? Yeah, that was the thing. It's, like, really more when you think about it. I think it was just done particularly for, like, oh, it's funny, oh, everything's good back together but in reality i think is more or less yeah it's just kind of um just like kind of like wait like then what's the point of this movie <laughs> i just i felt like the the motions didn't resonate but they tried to push a little bit and like i didn't get the whole ryan Reynolds relationship with that kid that shot fire like he was trying to kind of like take care of him but also like keeping his distance from him like i really did not get what that was supposed to be about um, I mean, I just, I just was, I was entertained by some moments, but I didn't find myself laughing as much. I think when the novelty was gone, so like you pay attention more to like what's going on in the actual movie itself. I honestly wasn't like super entertained by it. Mm -hmm. Also, felt like Cable was super underdeveloped, and Cable was not memorable at all. And it's like, no, it's not a like it's not me saying that Josh Brolin did a bad job or anything like that. It's just like he barely had anything to play with apart from being kind of like a gruff character that's there with a purpose in a way yeah exactly like, i do so i did some breeding on him like afterward that's what i usually do after these movies i'm like oh like new villain like what's this guy's deal and it's like it sounds like a cool backstory you know like some dude sent a cyclops son sent to the future becomes a warrior comes back like yeah badass but like now he's just like some partially robotic guy with a cool gun like in reality like yeah, it just wasn't, I just felt like there was no, I guess the whole enemy was like enemy of like grief, I guess, and how to handle it. I guess that was like, like, like in a way, um, what was that movie? We were just, I feel like not 
I don't know if it was Infinity War. We were just talking about something where it's like the the Winter Soldier, where it's like the enemy isn't, I guess, a thing, but almost like an idea in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's what I was thinking about. And I was like, they're kind of trying to go that way, but then I just think they just didn't handle it very well. And like, I I really did like the original Deadpool. I thought it was like a great, like a very entertaining movie. Like, like not like the greatest movie I've seen, but I thought certainly like, very funny and entertaining. But I was, I did wish they handled this better. Like, I was like, very disappointed walking out. I think it was like uh, Deadpool 2 kind of also, De- the first Deadpool didn't feel like, it, it felt like a good, like, you know, Deadpool movie and everything like that, and it was, it felt very comic accurate, but it wasn't like this is a comic book on the screen, whereas Deadpool 2 felt like a comic book on the screen, but almost like a direct translation of it. What, the and, last one? The original? Yeah, yeah the Deadpool 2 felt like a direct translation of a comic book, which does which, like, they're both two different mediums, so you can't really, like, just, tra- you know, you can't just copy-paste one into the other. You kind of have to transpose it, which is what they did with Deadpool 1, where they made it more cinematic, where they made it, like, the, the, the way that they told the story felt more coherent, it felt, like, more in the style of a movie. And then you have Deadpool 2, which was, like, it didn't feel all over the place, but, like, it never really satisfied you on any particular level when it came to the story, it just satisfied you with the laps. Yeah, and then my other question, uh, question the thing I was curious about is what do they plan to do? Okay, I heard they had a plan for Deadpool 3, but not necessarily like an X-Force plan. And I don't know, like, I feel like the X-Force, like, I don't, I don't know if I'm really, like, forced either of that. Of they kind of basically got rid of in this movie. Oh, I mean, no, the X Force thing, like, there was no character development except for Domino, which is also extremely minimal. There was no other character development at all, to be honest. Like, they kind of just had these characters introduced, showed their faces, made them speak a line, and that was it. I don't know if there's going to be a Deadpool 3 movie, though. I, I don't know if there's going to be a Deadpool 3 movie. I. I like, have they talked about it or anything like that? I thought they were they were talking about it. I think the second, like, I'm just speaking from like whatever. Like, I'm just making this up, basically. I think it did pretty well, though. Like, I know like all my friends went to see it. Like, they were super excited about it. And um, like, yeah, I just don't think it. I don't know. I feel like this movie was just wasn't as good. And I don't think I think it's always like hard to compare it to the original. But I just think, like, I don't regret spending the 15 like or whatever. $16 to go watch the movie. It was it definitely gave me my money's worth. It's just like it's not memorable. That's that's the main thing. Deadpool Deadpool One was a very memorable movie. It's like you could remember stuff from it and things like that. Like Deadpool Two, the main thing that I remember is a uh like it was mainly the post credit scene. Like I remember some of the stuff from the movie, but like I mainly remember the post credit scene and I remember like him uh what was it? Basically killing uh his is like Deadpool version from X Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah. So it's like stuff like that I found to be pretty funny, but nothing really stole. Uh, I don't know, stood out to me in that movie. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like when described that way, it's not like I don't think like spending the money was really even worth it at that point. But it's kind of something you, I guess, you see because you're like like the first one, like when I show support because you liked it so much. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if this would necessarily hold me back from seeing a third one. Because you no, know. I'm still going to go see the third one. Like, I think that's the thing about fan base building and like, just superhero movies or things like that in general is like the moment you're so 
like I don't know, half half a fan, then you kind of end up seeing every single one of the movies. Yeah, I'm just thinking because like with Avengers, I'd be I'm more intrigued to see Avengers four now because I heard yeah. Avengers two was bad. I didn't really like the original one too much, so it's kind of like I'm just saying this is super good and. The new ones, I was like, I'll give it a shot. And I was like, I'm more inclined to see the new one. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that goes. I don't want to see that one as soon as possible. You know, everyone's going to see it and everyone's going to talk about it. You kind of want to watch it. I mean, I think it's just so, in terms of pop culture and, like, just, you know, talking about, like, uh, for example, this podcast being about movies and TV, or there's it's just just the general communications that go along, go along in the circle of film or television. Superheroes are so interwoven, like into the thing that it becomes really hard to kind of not watch those movies. I, I think it's almost like a requirement in order to be, in order to have a conversation about something like that. Yeah, and I also find it like if I want to see something like, like Annihilation, like I, I, yeah. I it's someone like you or someone that's really into movies that I have to see it with. It's like, but if I want to see something like more generic, like something with my roommates or some other friends, like Avengers or. Deadpool, like very safe bets that they'll want to see it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's definitely the case. Uh, so, I, I guess we can summarize it as like we're kind of lukewarm on Deadpool too. Yeah, definitely. If you're a more casual viewer, I think you won't mind it as much. But I think there's definitely a drop in quality from the first to the second one. Yep, I I, I completely agree on that. Uh, but I don't. I don't think it's a bad movie. I just like. It is. You just don't get the same feeling that you got out of it, and it's like, it, it suffers from sequelitis. I guess that's the best way to put it. Yeah, I think that's a, the biggest point. Like, I feel like kind of like Deadpool loses his charm a little bit. The humor, it's like the yeah. same, but it's not as funny. I don't know if it's just because maybe the first time around it was just so novel that when it hits, tries again the second time, it's not like a particularly funny thing. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I don't know. I know a lot of reviews said there's kind of, like, overloaded the Deadpool thing, the whole, like, meta-ness and the references. Like, I always like those random references. Like, when you get them, they're always funny because they're usually yeah. pretty modern stuff that anyone would understand. But, um, no, I just, I don't know. I just felt like this one just had a little, had potential, but I just think going the emotional route was, like, the, the mistake of it, trying to make Deadpool more, I don't know about human is the word, but more, like, an emotionally driven character, which... To be honest, does not seem like him. He seems very like lighthearted and just does what he wants, really. Like, no, I mean, I'd say uh, Deadpool wanna He's also still basically motivated, well, with the purpose of finding Vanessa and avenging uh, all the shit that happened to him. So he's kind of like an emotionally driven character. It's just like the purpose seems more relevant and the way that it's, like, tied into a story in Deadpool 1, whereas Deadpool 2, it felt, like, I don't know, the, the creativity suffered a hit because they were going with these storylines that were way too similar to other movies that are already out there that have done it multiple times. Well, yeah, that's another thing about the whole, like, uh, I forget what the phrase was, the phrase why I mentioned in the beginning where it's, like, female, like, love interest gets hurt or killed, then main character goes in a rage and it's like that kind of emotion i feel like kind of falls a little hollow well in the first one is kind of like oh he fell in love with this girl and wanted, wanted to spend his life with her and then like all of a sudden he's like dying it's like i think i bought it more in the first one yeah, yeah. One. i think it, it was just uh, also the fact that we had establishment two 
uh, Wade Wilson's character before he ended up becoming Deadpool. Yeah. Like, you kind of develop an attachment not just to the character of Deadpool, but to, uh, like, the person behind the suit and things like that. Right. I, I, like, yeah, I think it was, it was just a little, there was a little too much going on. There was a little too, it was a little too quickly paced. Uh, and at the end of it, it kind of suffered in terms of being a memorable movie or something like that, because it was just trying to throw so many things at you that would make you laugh that nothing really stood out, like a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none kind of thing. Yeah, it's definitely a, a reasonable opinion on that. Uh, all right, then. That's a pretty solid time to switch over to Solo, because uh, the way that we talked about Deadpool 2 is how I feel about Solo. <laughs> Oh boy! Like, it's okay. You clearly know how, like, how crazy I am about Star Wars. Like, yeah, I am an I'm an insane fan, and like, not like the toxic shitheads. That, uh, fuck it, I'm gonna say it out loud. I think it's fucking horrible what uh, Star Wars fandom is doing right now. I think it's just depressing that they kind of uh, depressing and just I'm honestly kind of sad the way that they kind of view the new trilogy as, like, some kind of a social justice, like, uh, I don't know, like, push for, like, I don't, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Like, it's essentially just, like, characters being developed, batons being passed on, because the previous characters are 60 and 70 years old. They're not going to have the sequel trilogy be played by the exact same people that were there 40 years ago. Yeah, I entirely agree. I think the Hayden is the last Jedi. And the character Rose Tico, like, I don't, I, like, she was voted worse than Jar Jar Banks. Like, I think there's. That's fucking bullshit, though. Like, how does that make sense? How do you re. Jar Jar Banks was a. Like, <laughs> there was nothing to Jar Jar Banks. It was. People hated that movie, but, like, I, I didn't get the hate. Like, I kind of liked the movie that was, like, slightly different. And, like, like I see it from his perspective, but, like, man, I, there's I, so much necessarily hate. Like, I don't get it. Like, I, I, I get, like, that was the main thing. That the main thing about Force Awakens was that I completely agree. I loved the movie, and I went to watch it four fucking times in the movie theater, and then I went to a few more... Like, I watched it a few more times once I got the Blu-ray and everything like that. But, yes, it was, it was too by the bone. Like, it was too by the... Oh, sorry, not by the bone, by the book. And it followed a very simple format that, uh, that the previous, like, the prequel... Not the prequel trilogy, the original trilogy had. However, that's the point about The Last Jedi, is that it, it gave its own take. It took a risk, and some things didn't pay off. Like, uh, the, the more of the, the Cantabite sequence or things like that. Those things were a little off at times, even though I appreciated the message that they presented of, like, you know, sustainability and realizing, like, you know, economic inequality and things like that. It was an interesting thing to talk about. It was an interesting thing to bring up. It felt a little out of place, but I don't hate the movie for it in any way. But everything else in the movie plays incredibly well. Uh, the, the, what do you call it, the Luke Skywalker and uh, Luke and Kylo the duel, which I, I know a lot of people complain about the fact that, like, you know, it wasn't a traditional lightsaber duel. I don't fucking care. They threw, they, they, it was a it was a really interesting way to do that. It was an incredibly interesting way to do that. It was really cool to show him the fact that this isn't like, you know, um, he's not going to have this like massive uh, superpower or anything like that. They wrote him into a way that he actually gets to be a force ghost or something like that in the later movies. The movie had some flaws, but it is nowhere near the worst Star Wars movie 
that is one of the most ridiculous things that I've heard come out of and like as basically a guy who's been a fan of Star Wars for almost twenty years. God, I got so fucking angry watching all of the stuff happen around the Last Jedi. Like watching all the hate regarding the Last Jedi, watching all the hate, like uh, you know, just the particular people that acted in the movie, and like fuck those people. That was so much bullshit. Yeah, but, I mean, I'll give, I'll give the one thing about that: the whole Luke Skywalker being like really irrational seemed to me. Other than that, like I I have no complaints really. Oh, it's, it's nowhere near a perfect movie, but I, it was, like, here's the thing. I like that it took risks. I like that it presented a different side of Star Wars. I like that it, it kind of, like, it was starting to do its own thing. Like, the reason why Star Wars sustained for as long as it did with the expanded universe is that it didn't always follow the same format. Thrawn, Thrawn Trilogy, which is one of the best, like, uh, like, Star Wars novelizations that exists out there, which I would highly recommend to anyone. These three books are fantastic they're they're like a combination of adventure and uh military tactics and like just incredible suspense and one of the best villains that i've seen written in literature to be honest uh like the thing about the trilogy is like the person that they're facing off against has no force powers has no real powers it's just watching powers face off against intellectualism which is not what star wars is and yeah, it almost sounds like a Star Trek kind of thing. Exactly. It, it's very different from what traditional Star Wars was, but it was so well accepted, which is why it bothers me so much that, like, any risk or anything that was done differently, showing that, you know, Luke Skywalker, who is not a... who's a self-trained Jedi, who isn't trained by the traditional methods of Jediism and things like that, he, it's a self-trained Jedi. So he's obviously going to have moments of weakness or moments of issues and stuff like that, just because you're the son of the most powerful Jedi that was ever there does not make you just perfect. And the fact that, you know, the comics delved into that, the novels delved into that, they showed that this guy had a dark side to him, and the fact that when the movies try to do that, you kind of criticize the movie on that, saying that, oh, he, like, it was, it was just stupid. Like, I think it was, like, incredibly shallow hate, and then people try to justify that in terms of the writing, even though the writing didn't really present itself like that. Yeah. My rant on Last Jedi hate aside, uh, Solo. I went for it. I paid the money for it. I don't regret paying the money for it. I think it was pretty interesting. I think it is miles below how well Rogue One was done. Like, miles and miles below. And uh, at the end of it, it, like, left me with, like, I wasn't overwhelmed. I wasn't underwhelmed. I was just whelmed. Like, it was just like, okay. That was interesting. That was fun. It was nice to see, uh, you know, a little bit of background on Han. It was nice to see a little bit of, like, uh, what he did, what he kind of didn't do. But I literally could have done without this movie at all. And it, no one misses out by not watching this movie. Like, that, that's the sad part. The sad part about not missing out on Solo is that it does not affect your viewing at all for any of the other Star Wars movies. Yeah, that's a little disappointing. That's what I've heard for the most part, where it's one of those things that people enjoyed it, but it wasn't, like, oh, like, like so worth seeing. That's kind of why I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, do I really want to pay money to see this? Like, I feel like, like, no offense to Han Solo, but, like, I just don't think he's a very, like, I was never like, wow, what is he, what did he do, like, after, um, you know, like, before he became this? And I feel like the way they staged the movie had a very heist feel. 
Yeah. yeah, I saw more and more trailers, and the plot seemed to develop. You kind of were like, like, what? Like, why is this like the case? Like, it feels very predictable. And that so, so many of the characters are in the movies. Like, obviously, like prequels. Like, I feel like the whole bad thing about them is like, oh, right, I know all these guys five or this guy doesn't make it. Um, which I guess like kind of a cool thing about Rogue One, you didn't really know. Yeah. With this, like, there's a whole lot more characters. It's kind of a sad thing to say, but like. If you don't want to watch it in the movie theater, just wait till it comes out on Netflix or something like that. And like, I would not, as like such a like a huge Star Wars fan, I would totally understand why someone would do that. Yeah, because my thing, what I've seen from uh, successful prequels, unsuccessful prequels, is the unsuccessful ones grasp on the basically like, oh, you like these characters? Here they are when they were younger, doing mm-hmm. like, before they were cool. And then I think of like comparatively to entirely different genre, but I think of, like Better Call Saul pre-breaking bad it's like here's a character you like but this is what he did nothing yeah. bad like there are a few cameos but nothing like wow like they really like are grasping straws here it's exactly yeah I mean, also well-written show you know and I, and I think star wars like overall is pretty solidly done i mean maybe minus the prequels in some instances but i i, I just think that this is more of a fan service type thing for people who didn't necessarily want it like I know a lot of the like a lot of people are like like Boba Fett's very mysterious, but I mean I'm not, I'm not too excited about him either. But I heard they have they're gonna make a movie. The director from Logan's so that got me excited. Yeah, the the fact that James uh, James Mangold is doing Logan has me pretty hyped. I, I love the guys like movies in general. I am a huge fan of Three Ten to Yuma. It's one of my favorite westerns ever made, and like it's a remake which usually people are very critical about. I like it more than the original uh, Three Tents of Yuma. Yeah. And then he did the Wolverine with, and he did Logan as well. So like, I am pretty excited about Mangold directing Boba Fett. I think he can do Westerns incredibly well. I think he can do drama incredibly well. So if we get something like a Western drama with Boba Fett uh, dealing with like, you know, coming out of the Sarlacc pit or something like that, I think he could really fucking knock it out of the park. So that's not something I'm worried about. Uh, like, and it's just that, like, I'm that honestly, Boba Fett is something that I'm kind of interested in because I want to see what happens to the guy's character because he's not really discussed a lot out after the Sarlacc incident. Yeah, he has that kind of menacing, uh, like look to him as a mask. Everyone always like the guy, the mask, but like, yeah, yeah. too, you really don't see anything from him, and then he just comes like collecting Han Solo. Like but, uh, he, he had an element of mysticism around him and things like that, which which would be great to like. I don't want a prequel to it. I don't think we really need a prequel to it. But I would love to see a continuation of this guy's story, and then in the like continuation in the story, we can find out more about his character as opposed to let's go back when he was a kid and see how he started working for Jabba the Hutt or something like that. Yeah, and. This movie, Solo, is the second of the three uh, Star Wars stories, right? Yeah, second of the three anthology films, which I, I'm still like a huge fan of Rogue One. I, I fucking love that movie. I, lo- I love the fact that it did, you know, it was a war movie, but it was, it was like, yeah, it was a pretty bleak war movie, which kind of showed how people are viewed as just numbers and things like that, and how uh, there's, you know, like dog things that happen on both sides and then yeah. place it in the Star Wars universe. True, yeah. It's, and I, thought, I really did like it as one of the unique Star Wars movies that, and it actually like, worked very nicely. Yeah. 
no big uh there's no real jedi uh, like minus the ending with darth vader which i thought was like even those kind of fan service thought it was really cool um and yeah. when they showed darth vader, like when they showed vader it was for a purpose it was just to, like this is the vader that you never really got to see we're gonna give them to you yeah but um was there any type of element in solo that had that similar type of feel like you're like this is really cool this and that or like kind of lando calrissian the big thing was like donald glover is playing him and he's been on a huge successful you know with uh atlanta and you know, music and everything he's been having a lot of success yeah but like honestly there was nothing i think he did a really good i think he did a like a pretty decent job in terms of playing the character and everything like that but he wasn't given a lot to play with like he was he was there in the movie, but seriously, like, <laughs> there was no, I can't think of any real, like, development to uh, Lando's character. I can't think of any real development to any of the characters except for Han's character in the movie. Which, was it like, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, like, was it, was there also, like, an origin of, like, how you meet Chewbacca, or was it kind of established that they were, like, boys? No, they definitely have to do with, like, uh, meeting Chewbacca and things like that, but I think that's the main thing, that they kind of developed Han in the movie, and then they kind of, you know, tried to toss visuals at you and, like, these, like, cool throwbacks or something like that of, like, connecting and things, like, you know, the, uh, the dice that he has in the Millennium Falcon, like, the history, like, a little bit of history behind them, but it felt way too much of this is where the thing that you like in the sequel to, or in the in the original trilogy comes from and yeah that's not that's just like that's something that someone can do with a tweet yeah exactly it's like something no needed but i know a lot of people like oh like, you know, they're doing this but everyone wants to see like oh the the or the obi-wan kenobi story or something but yeah. i feel like i don't know if that would be as like rehearsal wouldn't fit in the star wars story uh three movies because this is in between like like no, obi-wan's understandable obi-wan is like we have 20 years worth of material to play with like but at the same time i think between those three and four he's mostly in exile mm-hmm. i think they want more of like a clone wars obi-wan or a, a badass so to speak but like i'm just i just feel like well, i I, I have absolutely no interest in seeing an obi-wan before the end of episode three because we already have that. We have three prequel movies with Obi-Wan in it. And then we have we have two uh, original, tr- or actually three original trilogy movies, because he's there even in Return of the Jedi. Uh, like, and we have three original trilogy movies where we get to see Obi-Wan in his, you know, like, kind of like his... Uh, Mantis... No, not Mantis, but like... What's the fucking term for Like, his kind of... Uh, monk stage with like you know the more philosophical obi-wan and we got to see the badass obi-wan but what i want to see is like like the things that this guy had to deal with like there's so much at play with the death of the jedi order the loss of anakin the development of like luke as the last true hope the things that tatooine is just like place in the middle of nowhere there's just so much that they have to play with that they can make a fantastic character piece yeah, I think of that more along the lines of Logan, like a, like a Western almost. Exactly. I'm, I'm literally, like, my mind is literally just going Logan and Star Wars. That's it. 
Yeah, but like even then, I feel like I guess I could incorporate some other more random characters, maybe like Yoda and stuff. But I'm just wondering how many characters there were. The way they make it seem is almost like after Episode Three, kind of self exiles himself and kind of doesn't like really talk to anyone. So I'm sure they could twist it somehow and add some more. But I don't know. Like I personally think a cool story would be Darth Vader in, in that time because he's basically just in like a, a murderous rampage, basically taking over the galaxy. Like I remember playing like uh, was Force Unleashed and like that first level yeah. of peak where you're just like murdering. He, he kind of just seeing him hunt down Jedi. Yeah, yeah, because he's like a he's like the most powerful Jedi, and he's just incre- is super cool. Like I remember, I remember like Darth Vader. So like, and, uh, what I want to what I want to see is that. I, I know while watching Rebels, one of my I, uh, there was a lo- lot of shit that I really liked in, uh, in Rebels, especially season two, three, and four. But uh, there was one fantastic part that I got to see was I got to see an animated version of uh, Obi Wan and Maul fighting it out for the last time. Oh, cool. And what it showed you was that Obi Wan was in the same aggressive guy as what he was during uh, the prequel the prequel trilogy like the Obi-Wan changed over his time and and like I I don't know for me it it would be a fantastic like philosophical movie about like a a philosophical and psychological movie about how he changes his opinion on what should be done and things like that this would be purely like for a normal movie goer what it would be would be this is a very like you know meaningful movie or something like that for a Star Wars fan, watching this movie would it would be like a perfect uh, interconnection between everything. And I think it would not only heighten Obi Wan's character in the prequel trilogy. I think it would incredibly heighten his character in the sequel uh, in the original trilogy. Yeah, yeah, he definitely felt like he was very. Young. Or maybe this like right amount. The other characters, the rest of the story, were really kind of bringing him down. Yeah. So. Anyway, like those were my thoughts on it. And I think at the end of it, like uh, Solo was, if I had to, if I have to give numerical ratings, like this is a pretty decent way to just end it off. Is uh, actually that that actually makes it harder. But uh, Infinity War is I, I'd probably give it like a nine out of ten for me. There's things that I there's a couple of things that I found a little off putting, but like at the end of it, I really enjoyed the movie and I went for it repeatedly because I really enjoyed it. Deadpool 2, I'd probably give it like a 7 out of 10. And okay. then so- Solo, I would give it like a 6.5 out of 10. I don't regret seeing any of these movies. I would, I don't regret paying for watching these movies, which is why I'm giving them all like over a 5 out of 10. And then the extra points are just, you know, Solo only gets like a one extra point because of like a little bit of stuff as to the... Um, the acting in the movie and the, a, a little bit of like there was one particular payoff in the movie that I really did enjoy, and that that that, that was definitely ham fisted. But for a fan like me, I just loved watching that happen on screen. Uh, and then it's the same thing with Deadpool too, where like the movie was a pretty good, a pretty decent movie, which is why you can give it like a two, two and a half out of the five extra stars that are there, but nothing per- particularly special about it. So yeah. Nine out of ten, seven out of ten, six and a half out of ten, or six out of ten. Okay, um, I'm not gonna rate solo. Cause I haven't seen it yet. So yeah, that'd just be just speculative. But um, uh, uh, Infinity War, I'd say like eight and a half. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't want to give it a full nine. I'm like yeah. eight, eight, eight and a half. I really did enjoy, I didn't. I did enjoy it. I thought it was a very entertaining movie. Mm-hmm. I think some of the characters were like not as developed as they made it seem, but I still think they were like enough to the point where it was actually enticing. It wasn't like wow, this like mindless villains and destroy everything. So I I like that angle. And it was yeah. also darker, but still not too dark. And it was a very nice balance between that and like the. Obviously, they're, they're, they're classic one-liners every now and then, and I don't think they went too overboard with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Deadpool 2, I think I'd give it, like, like a six, maybe a six and a half. Um, I mean, I just thought it was kind of... I don't think it's unnecessary if you definitely needed to make a sequel, but I just think they, took, they handled the wrong elements. Mm-hmm. And the lack of, like, an actual, like, villain... I think really kind of, I don't think he's a specific villain, but like even like the idea, I think is like a decent, could work, but I just don't think they really had anything that really was like antagonizing. Like, yes, the loss is what wife is bad, but it wasn't like, I just don't think it struck me as like dramatically as they hoped it would. Yeah. And if it did, I think it'd be a very, very different movie if it was supposed to take that more emotional route. I don't think it's funny as they wanted to be. The show is so like, Movie so so overloaded with like these ridiculous one-liners, but I mean I think I mean, they felt they hit a good balance in the first one, but this one just felt a little like it fell flat in its face. Okay, yeah. I just think the first one also had like you know where the that guy Ajax basically took everything from him, like he gave him power, but also took like you know his looks and yeah, yeah. Other stuff. It's like it's like a weird balance. It's like he helped him, but also in a way like hurt him. Yeah, so I think uh, it's more complex, like his uh, dilemma. But that's my opinion for uh, both those movies. No, that that basically sums up. Like, uh, it's very similar to what I thought. Like, I, apart from the fact that I liked Infinity War a little bit more than you did, I think we were pretty much the same on Deadpool too. And though, like my thoughts on Solo, my thoughts on Solo, like that's basically what I what I had at the end of it was. I was just lukewarm on it. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, so, yeah, I, th- I think that's, that's it for this episode of uh, Geek Bee Podcast. Uh, I'm hopefully going to be able to record a, what's the term for it? a gaming episode for the first time this week. So I might actually be able to put up a couple of episodes together within the, the span of like three to four days. It's really nice to make up for the however many weeks you haven't. I think I took almost like three weeks off from the, the last episode, maybe even a month. But again, I was I was moving between cities, all the stuff, starting up a new job. All of those things kind of like, you know, just fuck up your schedule. And yeah, then yeah. obviously I, I was also being lazy and playing video games a lot. So that kind of pushed it back as well. And... Uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, hope everyone enjoyed this episode and see you for the next one.